Welcome to The Porch Cast, the podcast where we talk about being a creative business owner and all the crazy ups and downs that go along with that. I'm your host, Kristen Sweeting, and I can't wait to get started. Well, hey, and welcome back to The Porch Cast. I'm really excited to have my friend Jenna Henderson here today um, to chat about boundaries and confidence and uh, avoiding overwhelm as a creative business owner. Um, So I'm really excited to have you, Jenna. Um, Thanks for being here. Thanks so much for having me. I really like to talk. I've discovered and so podcasts are really fun for me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, do you mind introducing yourself real fast and maybe going into your backstory and what brought you here today? Yeah. So I have been a wedding and um, portrait photographer for over 15 years. Um, Quick backstory. When I was a sophomore in high school, I decided I wanted to buy a camera that clicked and, you know, that literally made that clicky sound. And so saved up my money, bought one. And then before I even graduated high school, was taking on client work. Um, Went to college on the journalism path because I didn't want to be a starving artist (laughs) and quickly found out that Writing wasn't for me. Photography was the way and um, took my first wedding as a 19-year-old kid. Fast forward 15 years later, I've been shooting full-time all this time. Weddings, babies, families, I've seen my clients grow. I've done, there are some clients, handful of clients, I did their senior portraits and then I did their engagement and wedding photos and oh, did so cool. baby number one and then baby number two. And so it's been a really awesome career to watch these people grow and, and be a part of their lives. So, and then now I am transitioning to include coaching as part of um, things that I offer for other photographers and business owners, and moms, creatives like myself. I'm a wife, been married for 15 years, got two young boys, and I feel I've got a lot of wisdom gained over these years that I can help um, other creatives learn. Yes. Yeah. And I, I still remember back when I first had my son as I was, I was exhausted. I was trying to run a business cause I'd been running a business before having kids mm-hmm. um, and shooting weddings. And then Hudson came along and I was like, how do people do this? I don't even understand. I was so tired. And you met me for lunch, which I don't think you even remember this anymore. I don't. I have a terrible memory. I'm sorry. <laughs> You met me for lunch and you were like, so how are you? And I was like, not good. Oh, I'm so tired. And you gave me so much amazing advice, basically like, stop trying to be a super mom. Like, it's okay to work and have a babysitter and do this stuff. Anyway, it was so encouraging to me. And I know you're just helping so many people right now find balance and boundaries and um, more more time in their schedule with their businesses right now. Yes, I'm a big proponent of balance. You know, I see so many people, so many women, especially small business owners, creative business owners, who just feel the need to work, work, work all the time. And, you know, the whole reason that we chose to work for ourselves is so we could have freedom to live our lives and flexibility. But then we wind up with this crushing need to work and our lives become unbalanced and we wind up not being able to live that life that we want. So I'm all about the boundaries and the balance and between work and life and finding that peace. Yeah. What do you think that is? Because I, I see it, especially in photographers, this need to work all the time or take shoots any mem- moment of the day. Like, what do you think that is? Does it boil back to fear or to... Uh, 
I don't know, like making, wanting to make sure you're making people happy or what do you think that is? <laughs> yeah, I think it's a lot of things. I think fear has a lot to do with it. Fear of scarcity, the scarcity mindset, you know, losing a client if they don't respond immediately, if they don't bend over backwards to just give everything to their clients, you know. Um, but when we, I think a lot of the bending over the backwards, the people pleasing comes from the self-imagined ideas of what people expect from us. Um, and the truth is like, if we just slow down a little bit and just, you know, think a little bit more clearly, people don't quite expect from us what we think they do. And, and when we realize that we can actually start taking control of that and managing their expectations even better in a way that serves them better, but also serves us better. Definitely. Yeah. I, yeah, there's all these ideas around, um, we have to people please. We have to do all this stuff for our clients. We have to be available any minute of the day. And actually, I think people are happier when you set boundaries and you communicate what the expectations are so people know what they're working with instead of leaving it kind of like open to... Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. The better you can manage expectations um, and, and by managing expectations, I mean, communicate, 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 telling clients exactly what they can expect from you, the happier your clients will be because they're never going to be left hanging, wondering what's going on. You know, sometime you answered emails or texts at 10 o'clock at night and then they think, okay, well, that's when she's working. I'm going to text at 10 o'clock at night, but that was just one off time. And then they try to get a response and they don't. And then the next time it doesn't come in for three or four days, you know, you've got to really manage those expectations of when clients are going to hear from you and setting those boundaries. Yeah. Cause I remember in different uh, photography Facebook groups, I'd always see these long threads on like, this is a bridezilla. This is a, you know, it was like this whole big difficult client. And I really think 90% of that, like there are those, those cases every once in a while, but really most of it, if you can set kind of the framework at the beginning, you take away a lot of that potential drama. Absolutely. Um, yeah. But so like, what are some specific ways that you encourage people to communicate boundaries or set expectations? <laughs> what are some things that you've done that have been really uh, effective for you? Well, first we have to understand what exactly it means to set a boundary. And for me, setting a boundary is deciding exactly where I'm going to give my attention at any given moment in time. And when I can give my attention fully to just one thing, then I'm going to do a better job of just whatever that one thing is. And if we don't have boundaries in place where we're only giving attention to one place, things get jumbled and we aren't able to give the best version of ourselves to whatever it is we're wanting to do. And I think as photographers, business owners, creatives, women, I think we want that. We want to give the best version of ourselves all of the time. And we do, we try to do that by giving everything all of the time. But in reality, we're, we're not giving the best of ourselves when we give everything, all of our attention, all of the time. You know, a lot of photographer women, own business owners are moms. They have kids in the home with them. They're trying to raise kids and run a business. And if you've got kids in the floor playing while you're trying to answer emails or talk to a client or edit. And I know that right now we're in this weird season with COVID and everything that a lot of us are experiencing this. But when you try to do that, you're not giving either your children or your clients the best of you. You're giving each of them 
a less version than best. You know, maybe not quite half, but it's still not the best version. And so um, that's what boundaries are all about. It's about making space so that you can give the best. It's about saying, okay, today I am home with my kids. I am not answering emails. I am not taking calls. I am not scheduling in my Instagrams. I am in the floor playing with my kids. I am making peanut butter and jelly sandwiches. I am watching Pokemon on TV, whatever it is, and everything else is put away. And then tomorrow, my kids are going to the sitters, or they're going to my mom's, or they're going to daycare, or my husband's taking the day off, and I'm going to work. I'm going to shut the door. I am not feeding them peanut butter and jelly sandwiches today. Somebody else has got to turn Pokemon and Blue's Clues on. I am working. I'm answering those emails. I'm giving my clients my attention. And that is what boundaries are all about. And so communicating that to clients and saying, hey, I'm only going to work on Tuesdays and Thursdays. You're only going to hear from me on these time frames and these hours because otherwise I'm at home or saying to my children, hey, you're not going to have me for this time period. You're going to have friends. You're going to have dad. You're going to play. You're going to go to school, whatever it is. And those things are good for our children. We don't have to be with our children constantly to give them the best that they need in the moment. And so when we realize that and and we're able to give that full focused attention and and not just to work or to children, but to ourselves to say, okay, work, go away, children, go away. I'm going to give attention to resting. I'm going to give attention to myself and, and what I need in this moment so that I can come back to whatever it is I need to do and give it the best of me too. Yes, all of that that you just said was so huge because so many, especially moms or women or creatives, really this applies to, to everyone, but we think that we need to be able to multitask or we need to be able to be super mom while running a business. And then what it ends up doing is uh, either creating a lot of resentment where we're like, mm-hmm. why am I not having the results that I want in my business mm-hmm. or just overwhelm because you're not giving your attention to any one thing at one time. And guilt, guilt come from, comes from this too, because you know you're not giving the best of yourself to whatever you need to give. And you feel guilty for that. And you can't quite pinpoint why. But the truth is, like, if you can just separate it out, give the best in just one place at one time, then that guilt starts to melt away a little bit. And have you ever run into um, a situation where someone was like, you're not available to me all of the time. How dare you? <laughs> so a long time ago in my business, I um, used to accept shoots on any day of the week, any time of day without any regard to my schedule. This was before I had kids and I was young and just whatever. Um, but I started to recognize a pattern where on Sunday afternoons, I just wanted to take a nap. Like, I don't know what it is about Sundays, but from one o'clock to four o'clock on Sunday afternoon, I cannot keep my eyes open, <laughs> period. It's, it's fine any other day of the week. Like, it doesn't make sense. But anyway, on Sundays, I have to take a nap. And so I had a lot of clients who were booking their sessions on Sundays and I was accepting them. And it makes sense. You know, they're off work. Their kids are home from school. Uh, they're not doing anything. It makes sense for them to book a session on Sunday. But more and more, it was getting harder and harder for me to get off the couch and and go shoot on Sunday afternoon. And I was starting to get resentful. And I was starting to think, oh, I just want to go back to sleep and stay in my pajamas and leave my bra off. And and so to have to like pull it together, I knew that I wasn't pulling the best of me out of the off of the couch and go shoot. I was leaving part of me there. My mind was still there and I was getting resentful. And so finally I was like, you know what? I'm just not going to shoot on Sundays anymore. It was a boundary that I set and it was a simple one. It was a simple, I don't shoot on Sundays boundary. 
And there were some clients that I had worked with in the past that always booked on Sundays. And the next time they booked, all I had to say was, hey, I'm not booking on Sundays anymore. How about any other day of the week? And listed out options that I had. And time and time again, they were like, okay, cool. Like it was never a problem. And when new clients came in and who had never worked with me on a Sunday or, or knew what to expect and asked, what about Sunday? I don't shoot on Sundays. Okay. <laughs> like it wasn't a big deal. And, and we get in our heads that people are going to reject us and reject our boundaries. But as people, we accept boundaries from others all of the time. And so why do we think that others are going to reject ours? You know, I think about the dentist, like if you've got a tooth that needs to come out, you're going to call the dentist and you say to the dentist, hey, can I book at 10 o'clock on a Sunday night? They're going to say no, <laughs> but we can see you Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 4 p.m. Uh, we take half day every other Wednesday and you're like, okay, cool. Let me see. Like, it's not that big of a deal to accept a boundary for someone else. So it shouldn't be that big of a deal for people to accept boundaries from us. So set that boundary and in the 10 years, 12 years since I've said it, I had one client ever that just pushed back, pushed back, pushed back and refused. They're like, well, my husband, he works six days a week and my kids fall and my kids school and, and all the different excuses in the world. And they weren't willing to work with me to find another day. But I stuck to my guns. I said that I don't shoot on Sunday and I meant it. And they did not book. So one client didn't book, but they did go on to book someone else. And I have a community of photographers, so I, I know what happened when they booked. And what happened was they walked all over them over and over and over. Like it turned out to be a nightmare client situation because they weren't able to accept one boundary. And so not like maybe in the short term, it sucked just a smidge that I lost that booking. But in the long term, I saved myself so much headache and heartache from not having to deal with a client who couldn't respect a simple boundary like no Sundays. Like how hard is that? So if you can't respect my boundary, I'm, I want to lose you as a client. Peace out. Definitely. Yeah. I've, I've had one time where I, I made a boundary and people pushed back and they didn't book me. And I was like, you know what? If someone can't talk on the phone instead of meeting in person or whatever it was that I right, right. boundary around, like, they're probably not going to be the easiest person to work with because uh, everything else I make very easy. So one simple ask is like, you know. Right, right. We're not asking for the moon here. It's it, like you said, it's a very simple ask. If they can't respect that, how many other problems are they going to bring into our world? Totally. Yeah. And I think we forget that it's a relationship. It's not just one way, even though we are the service provider or we're selling something or whatever, there is a, you have to have some kind of reciprocity of a relationship and build trust. And, um, and if someone kind of stomps all over your boundaries, that's a pretty good sign that uh, that's going to be going to be challenging. Well, and the other thing that I think that, um, that people when they're first getting used to setting boundaries in their business is they think they have to justify everything that they yeah. say. Like, yeah. oh, and you don't on Sundays, but it's because of da, 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 da. no, <laughs> you don't owe anyone any kind of expl explanation as your business owner of your own business. You're the boss. You make the rules. You don't have to explain anything to anybody. It can be for whatever reason you want. They don't have to know. I'm a very need to know communicator. They need to know. I don't shoot on Sundays. They don't have to know the rest. Totally. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, because I think we we try to apologize for things we don't have to apologize for. Absolutely. We get really emotionally involved. And it's and 
I mean, I can understand why. I mean, our businesses are our babies and and we've poured a lot of emotion and a lot of heart into our businesses. And so we tend to think with our emotions first and want to respond emotionally. But if we can avoid doing that and stop ourselves from responding emotionally and just respond factually and just keep it very simple and straightforward and business-minded, it makes things a lot easier. So what are some of the benefits that you've seen either in your business or other people that you know that hold strong boundaries in their schedule or they're communicating? What are some of the benefits of doing that? And, um, you know, why is it something that we should consider sooner rather than later if it's, if you're kind of, you know, you struggle there? Yeah, there's a lot of benefits. Um, For me personally, I really value peace. And so um, I have a lot of peace in knowing that um, I have by setting boundaries and setting good boundaries, I have given the best version of myself to all areas. So I have a lot of peace knowing that I have gotten up, I've gone to work for the day, and I've worked my hardest so that when I come home, I don't have to think, oh, did I do my best? Did I give my best? Yes, I know I did. And so having that peace around that, knowing that I've served my clients, I can relax. I can I can do dinner time and bedtime and bath time with my kids and not be thinking about it or worried about it. And I can give my best to my kids. And then once they've gone to bed, I don't have to think, oh, did I give my best to my kids or was I too much on my phone? No, I know I gave the best to them because I didn't have to be on my phone because I did that earlier in the day. And then the time comes when I can just rest. I can just sit on the couch. I can watch TV with my husband. We can just chill and I don't have to worry about what I've done. You know, I've got that peace. And so setting those boundaries really helps with that. Um, I think also like when we have that peace, that knowing that we've done things well, like we're able to start working in my time, like focus time, knowing, okay, well, this is it. Like, this is the time that I'm going to give. So I'm going to really give it. Um, and so there's a, there's a lot of peace that comes from that too. Um, yeah. Does that answer your question? Totally. Yeah. Benefits of, of um, setting boundaries and uh, communicating and only having certain days that you respond and things like that. Yeah. And it also like it cuts down on the overwhelm. You know, I see colleagues, photographer friends of mine who say that they, you know, they, they're like me, they're moms, they've got kids my age, they try to keep them home and edit. And then they say, I couldn't get any of my editing done, because so and so woke up from their nap early, or they were just constantly in my lap and distracting. And so I had to stay up to 3am. And now I'm exhausted. And I'm so behind. And and, and that just sounds exhausting and overwhelming and no fun at all. Like, who wants to live like that? And we don't have to live like that. We have the power to change it and say this. I don't care if this is how every other photographer has ever done it. I'm not going to do it that way. I'm going to I'm going to find a sitter three days a week, five days a week. You know, we have we um, have. Uh, eight-year-old and a three-year-old and our three-year-old is in full-time daycare. Now this summer has been especially challenging because of COVID. We've been able to keep our um, youngest in daycare, but our oldest hasn't had options for childcare. He's he's going to be a third grader and there hasn't been school age options for him. So I sat down with an, a Google sheet and for the month of July and part of the month of June, I started plugging in. I knew that my mom could have him up to two days a week, but she could not have him on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And then I knew that I could do one day a week and my husband could do one day a week. So that each gave us four day work weeks. And, and so I started to piece together this puzzle of, you know, based on when we were out of town, when my parents were out of town, when we were working, not working, and then saw where there were holes. And so I found another mom friend. She's a full-time stay-at-home mom. She's got boys 
Clark's age. And so, um, and they're friends. So one day a week, he went over there and hung out with them. And I'm trading her, like I'm shooting their family session as a thank you this fall. And then um, a couple days a week, we've had a sitter come to the house. And so it's, it's been this little bit of a puzzle piece to figure it out, but I figured it out. The point is like, I prioritized it. I made it a point to say, okay, this is what I need. I need four days in my office. And I I do have an office outside of my house, but even if I didn't, even if I was in my home, I would still need four full days for me. And it's different for everybody, but that's what I need. How are we going to make this happen? What puzzle pieces have to fit together to make this happen for me? And the same for my husband. He has to work four days a week. So we had to figure it out and we did. And it was a puzzle and, you know, things got tossed up in the air and I, uh, Every week, something would change, and I had to go in and rearrange my little color-coded chart, but <laughs> it worked out, and, and so if, if, you know, we can make it happen, if I can make it happen now during COVID when there's no options, then regular people can make it happen for themselves anytime. I, I, I hear the excuse, oh, well, I can't afford daycare all of the time. Okay, so you can't afford full-time daycare, but I bet you could afford a sitter one day a week, and if you add a sitter one day a week to your mom one day a week, there's two days. So it's just about creatively thinking about what's really going to fit and work for you. I think that's so important to say, um, because I think there's a lot in that I can't afford childcare or a lot in kind of like puzzle piecing things together that we um, that we need to unpack, too, of these expectations on ourselves and these expectations for, you know, parenthood or uh, for a partnership and it just can get really messy. And especially a lot of times I, I think moms and women have a hard time asking for what they need and asking for what they need for their business. Yes. And it's not necessarily our fault. I mean, societal expectations have put that on us where we're not allowed to do anything but be moms. And fuck that. Like dads, this isn't a problem for dads. Do you think this has ever been a problem for dads? Like childcare, like if a dad has to work, he goes and works. It's never a puzzle piece for a dad to figure out. You know, I asked my husband recently, um, because a question that I get all the time, oh, who's got your kids while you're working? Like all the time, whenever I'm talking to anybody and they know I have kids and they know that I work, that's a question that gets asked. So I asked my husband how many times he had been asked that question and he couldn't recall a single time in his entire adult life that he had ever been asked who was watching his kids while he was working. And that's bullshit. Like we've got to be able to understand that Men, women, parents, we're allowed to work, period. doesn't matter that we're women. We're still allowed to work, and it's okay. Even when I became a single mom, people would ask me that, and I'm like, I need to, I need to work. What do yes. You, where do you think I put food on the table from? <laughs> right, right. Oh, I hate that question. <laughs> Um, Well, and what about for people who don't have kids, what are some ways that they can still, like, does this still apply? Do you still think that um, there should be days off or things or um, like, how do you kind of prioritize work versus non-work days? Maybe when you don't have another big responsibility or someone that you're taking care of, but still want to have balance in your life. Yeah. Well, I think it really comes down to how much balance you need. Like, what do you need to feel balanced? And that's, that's a different answer for everybody. You know, for me, I like to work. So I need 
more work than I need rest sometimes. Because if I have too much rest, then I feel unproductive. I feel angsty, you know, like I want to, I want to get out there and work. But that being said, there are times when I've just got to stop. I've just got to stop. I've got to take a break. I like to schedule massages for myself once a month. And on a massage day, like I'm not doing anything. Kids are going somewhere else. I'm not going to work. Like I'm going to be braless in my pajamas all day long, eating sushi, having a massage, watching something I've seen on TV 600 times. Like that's what I'm going to do. Like brain is off. I'm not answering anything. And so, but like once a month, that's enough for me. Now that might not be enough for everybody. Some people might need that once a week or some people might need a little break once a day, like 10 minutes in the morning to drink a coffee and not have anybody speak to you or, you know, an hour at night to go take a shower and tell your husband to leave you alone or whatever it is, like whatever it is that you need to feel balanced ask for it and make it happen. I used to be a member of this gym right now. I'm not going because of COVID, but uh, the member of this gym where I was like, I know that I can go and I can take a shower by myself without anyone hurting themselves or (laughs) anything down. And I would take these like 45 minute showers and they always had fresh razors. And I was just like, I, you know, I used all of their fancy shampoo in this fancy gym, (laughs) steam room. It's my life. And I don't know about you, but like when I know that that's coming, it helps me get through that last little bit of work as I'm gearing up for it. Like as I feel that kind of burnout coming on or as I feel myself starting to get tired, I'm like, you know what? In two days, I've got a massage booked. So I know that I can do this for two more days and then I get a break. Like for me, I like to sleep in. And so it's hard for me to wake up in the morning with kids and get to work and we're about to have to do school again and out the door. And so knowing that I'm going to get, like my husband and I have worked out where he gets a weekend day to sleep in and I get a weekend day. And knowing that I've got a weekend day coming to sleep in, I can get up one more time. You know, like I can get up at six o'clock on a Saturday morning because I know on Sunday I get to sleep in. I can do it. Or if it's Saturday for me, then I have no problem hopping out of the bed on Sunday morning because I know that I just had that wonderful sleep on Saturday and it was great. That's amazing. And the stuff that you teach about communication, I mean, that totally ties in with communication with your partner too. Mm -hmm. And switching back and forth with sleeping in like that or puzzle piecing things together, being able to communicate what you need and set expectations there is so important too. I think a lot of times we're just afraid to have any of those conversations. Well, I think a lot of times women think that it's selfish. It's selfish to ask for these things um, or to talk about these things or even want them. But the truth is you can't pour for an empty cup. And so if we want to take care of everyone else in the ways that we want to do to the best of our ability, we have to be at our best. And the only way we're going to do that is if we're taking care of ourselves and asking what we need to. So it's in fact the opposite of selfish. It's selfless to take care of ourselves because when we take care of ourselves, we can take care of everybody and everything else better. Definitely. Yeah. And we're valuable just ourselves too. I think. Yes. At least for me, I've sometimes I have been like, Oh, I'm really valuable when I'm helping someone or when I'm doing something or when I'm productive and kind of like tying value to these external things. Mm-hmm. Instead of being like I'm valuable and I can yeah. sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And again, like, I think it's a problem that that women struggle with, but would men, would they struggle with this? 
<laughs> I don't think so. I don't think quite as much as we do. And so if they're not struggling with it, why are we, you know? <laughs> well, and what are some of your other communication tips for communicating with clients or maybe some ways that you kind of formulate things so that it works for you or that you've helped other people? Um, like, are you a big fan of batching? Do you, I don't know, any communication tips? Um, yeah, so communication is all about making sure that you're speaking simply and often and about things that feel basic because our clients cannot read our minds. They do not understand our business. And frankly, they don't need to. What they need to know is how our business is going to affect them and, and what it's going to do for them and how and what that's going to look like. And so when we communicate, we have to first speak to that. You know, we don't have to say, oh, um, editing takes me three weeks. They don't care. You say, you will have your images in three weeks. Or um, we need to make sure that we're communicating very, you know, over and over. You know, you say when they call to book or whatever or ask questions, um, editing takes three weeks. For me, I say eight weeks for a wedding. On the consultation, eight weeks, eight weeks, eight weeks. And then I have a call before the wedding with them. Now, just as a reminder, you're not going to hear from me after the wedding for eight weeks, because it's going to take eight weeks before your images. And then as they're getting in the car at the end of the night, and I'm taking that last picture, bye, I'll talk to you in eight weeks. <laughs> Have a great honeymoon. See you in eight weeks. And so that that avoids that whole, you know, you talked about bridezillas and bridezillas happen when three weeks after the wedding, they're like, where are my images? And photographers are like, what do you mean where are your images? It's only been three weeks. But did you ever say specifically in very short sentences repeatedly to your clients, it's going to take more than three weeks. And so that's, you know, that's that going back to the idea that bridezillas maybe really aren't all that bad. There was just some sort of miscommunication. So what I like to encourage people to do is to evaluate where the complaints, where the miscommunication is coming from, where there tends to be tension, where those shitty emails are coming from and then say, okay, what can I say on the front end that would have avoided this question? And so when two weeks after the wedding, brides are like, where are my images? A simple thing to have said over and over prior to this point was your images will come to you eight weeks after the wedding or so on and so forth. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. No, I, there's a text message I send after a wedding, like the next day where I'm like, Hey, loved celebrating with you. Mm -hmm. You can expect a preview this day and the full set in seven to nine weeks, you know, and, mm -hmm. and you're right. That took care of so many miscommunications, so many mm -hmm. like asks back and forth, or do you have this one photo or this photo? And I'd be like, Hey, your images are going to be done in seven weeks. Yep. <laughs> Yep. And when we are able to do that, you know, that takes that pressure off of us as well, because we don't have, you know, that we don't get into that defensive position when an email comes in, hey, where are my images? You know, we immediately get into that defensive, like, what do you mean? And and when we get yeah. into that, yeah, when we get into that defensive position that either puts us into a frenzy of stress, because we've got to edit because we think we now need to deliver immediately, or it puts us into, uh, did you read your contract? Like, kind of defensive. And if we respond like that, then that puts our clients into a defensive and that's not a good situation to be in. And that's where bad reviews come from. And that's where bad client experiences come from. And that's all stuff we need to avoid. And it's so easy and simple to avoid with open communication, frequent communication, you know, keep it simple or keep it informative, but not complicated. 
keep it emotional. I mean, don't keep it emotional. Keep it, you know, very straightforward. Focus on them, not yourself. And that's, um, that's where the problems are avoided. Not even solved, just avoided completely. Totally. Oh, totally. I, I mean, my business at this point is much bigger than it was five years ago, but I feel like much less stressed because I've worked out some of those boundaries where I don't feel like I'm on call constantly. Mm-hmm. They're accessible mm-hmm. by text constantly or mm-hmm. troubleshooting, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's the same thing, just to say out loud when a client hires you. Now, real quick, I want you to know that if you text me, that's fine, but I won't respond until I'm in my office. I'm typically in my office Monday through Friday, nine to five. Simple. Okay, they say. Just just this week, I had a text come in. I'll um, pull it up, but it was um, it was from a client, and they were like, "Hey, do you have any availability in August? I want to shoot this. This is what I feel I'm thinking. This is what I want. Blah blah blah. What you think?" And this came at five twenty three, which is dinner time in my house. And so this is when I'm with my kids. We're we're having dinner. We're watching TV together because that's what we do. We eat. TV, we eat dinner in front of the TV because that's what we like and we're hanging out. And so, but I knew that if I ignored this completely, that I was going to forget, you know, because that's just how my brain works. So I had a quick response. I said, sure. Sounds good. I'm not in a place to think about it right this second. Email me so I can give it my full attention tomorrow. And her response was, you got it. And that was it. That was the end of it. It, it took 10 seconds of my attention and then when, sure enough, when I sat down to my computer the next day in my inbox was the email. And then I was like, yes, let's talk about this. Let me think about this. But I didn't have to give my brain attention to the questions she was asking right then to still be able to serve her to the best of my ability. And she accepted that. And she appreciates that because she knows that I'm going to give her my full attention when I can sit down and type, 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 type whatever, and answer every single question versus a, uh, sure, and a text message, you know, or ignoring completely and then forgetting about it. Exactly. Yeah. And I think you avoid a lot of mistakes that way, like accidental miscommunications or accidental Mm -hmm. mess ups or just forgetting totally about something because you have a streamlined way. Yeah. Or even, you know, some mistakes that I have made by responding on the spot is giving, giving too much or giving away too much. Um, saying yes a little too quickly and not really thinking through the whole thing. And then that really gets myself into a pickle because I'm either not charging what I'm worth or I'm having to do something that I didn't really want to do in the first place. And a lot of headache can come from that as well. Definitely. Well, and what are some other things that you've, um, some things that you've found to be super helpful in your business to kind of help you keep that balance or um, that you encourage other people to do to think about when they're they're trying to figure out how to balance all the things on their plate. Um, step one is to simplify. I think we tend to overcomplicate things within our business and how we communicate things, how we structure our pricing or our packages or our offerings. And so if you can simplify, 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 it's going to take less time, less energy, less brain space. Um, number two, I personally like working with a CRM client relationship management software um, because I'm able, I was able on the front end to set up a lot. And I'm actually, I've got a course in the works about this, about workflows and um, making them flow um, that's coming out in September, hopefully. Um, but the, the idea is that um, if you can just simplify and really evaluate how things are working for you and, and really exploit all the tools that you already have in your tool belt, 
um, just to make life easier on yourself, then life will be easier. I love that. Yeah, I think we do overcomplicate things so many times where we're like, oh, we have to offer a million things and be doing something every single day. And and really, it can be a lot more simple and a less a lot less stressful when we pick a couple things to focus on. Yes, definitely. Awesome. Well, and so if people want to hear more from you or want to learn more about um, your coaching or your offerings, where can people find you on the internet? Well, I tend to hang out on Instagram a lot. So, um, and see, here's a good example of me setting a boundary and expectation. I'm currently hiatusing on my Instagram because I decided to give myself a break for a couple of weeks. Um, but that will see, it's very simple. All I had to do was say, you're not going to see anything from me for a little while. And then you will. Um, so I'm on Instagram a lot at Jenna Henderson photo. Um, my coaching website is jennaclicks.com. Um, so I do offer one-on-one coaching. Um, I, that's something that I really excel at because, um, one of my superpowers is listening to people and, and hearing their problems and then helping them come up with creative solutions that really suit them and fit their needs best. Um, I also offer website audits, um, which is something that helps if you're struggling with that communication factor and getting your message across, you know, having someone to come in from the outside and look at your website and say, hey, this is what's working, this is what's not. Um, That's something that um, people really appreciate and enjoy. Um, And then, yeah, I've got a um, webinar coming out soon um, that's going to be all about mini sessions, and it's going to be about the idea of really Um, using mini sessions as a tool in our tool belt and exploiting them to their fullest potential um, so that we can make money right now. And then um, I've got a course coming out in September um, called Peace Flow. And it's all about making life easier on yourself, making a workflow that really flows, getting back all kinds of time and energy and brain space so that you can find that peace in life and you can start to simplify and, you know, really trim things down and make sure things are flowing and easy and enjoy life. I love it. I love it. Well, any last stories from either from photography or from coaching or anything you're really excited about right now you want to share before we go? What am I really excited about right now? Um, it's really random, but uh, to my my parents um, have my older son and they're picking up my younger son from daycare today. So um, this afternoon we've got like my husband and I have just like a minuscule amount of time for like a mini date and we're going to go to a salt room, which we've never done never before. And I don't even know like really what the purpose is, but we're just going to go and figure it out and just see and try it. And, and so we really like to um, date each other. And so whenever we get the opportunity, uh, even if it's like tiny, like we have to be back by like six, <laughs> but we're going to take this chance um, to go and pick up food and um, try out a salt room and, see how it goes. We, we like to letter date. I think I've told you about this before where we um, pick a letter in the alphabet and we'll do all activities that have to do with that letter. Like for the letter A, we went and had appetizers um, at a restaurant that, called The Alley and then we uh, went axe throwing and uh, what else did we do? We had apple pie for dessert. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, we try to think of a... Um, cuisine a beverage an activity and a dessert for every letter and then go like do all that and it's a lot of it's a lot of fun um and we haven't been able to do it as much lately because of course everything's shut down it's not 
really the best thing to do right now. But um, even sneaking away for a little date, something as random as a salt room, whatever that may be, uh, sounds really about that. Yeah, yeah, it sounds really exciting. I don't know. I don't know what to expect. Like, like, do you look it? Like, I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. I'll report back. Like you're floating. Just so happy. Well, yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on the porch cast today. Can't wait yeah. for you all to connect with Jenna and hear more about what she has to offer. And thanks for having me. This is fun to chat. Oh,